Good morning. This is the Tom Bigby Tales podcast. I'm Shannon Evans, and I write about a small town named Columbus in Northeast Mississippi. <clears throat> Before I begin today's podcast, I want to address the elephant in the room. I've had several people tell me that producing on such a fast schedule can have a negative impact on Tom Bigby Tales reporting. I have heard it can make a martyr or people can get carpenter on we. That may be so for a few. However, it is clear to those of us who live here and love this town that we cannot afford another six months of this level of destruction to our once vibrant tourism by Nancy Luke Carpenter. We can't afford to keep giving a hired government employee millions of dollars of our tax dollars each year to shore up her cronies and buy seats on boards that do nothing to improve our town's tourism industry. We at Tom Bigby Tales feel that it is paramount that crowdsourced journalism is the only way to affect change. We must continue to pressure the CVB and the foundation board to do the right thing and hold her accountable for her actions, especially for spending money like this, as if it is her own company and not the money of the people of Lowndes County. We deserve better, and better only comes via holding her accountable, her and other elected officials like her cannot just be allowed to run rampant and use our money as if it was their own favored piggy bank. The CVB has a multi-million dollar budget of which 220000 is spent on marketing and advertising. It's not clear how that money is spent. Of that $220,000, $115,655 is allegedly directed toward digital marketing, yet nothing has been posted regularly on their Facebook page the entire year, and no posts have been made in over two months. One of the best ways to build audience awareness of a community or a place is using social media and good photos and videos. It's cheap and effective as modeled by other small communities around the country. So who is in charge of their print and social media marketing plan and execution? What part of that marketing and advertising budget goes toward social media marketing? Why is $115,655 allocated to digital marketing and yet their Facebook page is abandoned and ignored? There is absolutely no presence on any other platform. Their following is quite small comparatively just on that Facebook page. Most of the follows and interactions are local. What is their plan to build that? The last post on the Visit Columbus Facebook page was June 29th. Today is October 3rd. And the last post before that was even longer between. Help me to understand why no one is addressing this easy, cheaply fixed issue. I just have questions and would love to know which marketing group, they pay for at least three that I can find, is responsible for their social media planning and who's responsible for executing that plan. How much are they paid to do this job? Buying ads on Facebook does no good if you don't consistently add content to your page. Why are the children and grandchildren of the director of the CVB and the director herself featured on all super expensive CVB advertising? Also, why is MSU Baseball in Starkville and a golf course in Clay County featured more prominently on our advertising than Columbus locations? Why are they even on the ads at all? Is this the best that our $220,000 of marketing and advertising budget can do 
to portray our diverse and interesting community that's rich with history and culture? Is this her personal ad space for her family? For example, there is a house that is in an ad that the CVB paid for in the mistletoe tours for Junior Auxiliary, a women's organization in Jackson. It's her home with Christmas decorations up. Did we pay for those Christmas decorations and lights for that photo shoot? Makes me wonder, why not create our own mistletoe tours of sorts with our homes and businesses to get people here to visit during Christmas? We used to do that. We used to have a Christmas tour. The double-decker bus took people around to see it. How much did she pay for this ad in mistletoe tours? Did she disclose the expense of the, or the content of the ad to her board first before it was sent to be put? Uh, <laughs> blah, sorry, before it was sent to be placed in the magazine? Was the idea for the ad even presented to the board for approval before the ad was made? Did the board approve the content and design of the ad? Did anyone even know the ad featured her own home? Oh, sigh, but I digress. In June of 2017, there was a Forbes magazine ad that was placed. Well, let's just call it the I Love uh, the I Love Nancy channel. And it continued with a full page ad on a page titled Nancy Carpenter's City That Has It All on the Southern Women Business Leaders promotional page. Excuse me, Nancy Carpenter's city? No, 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 no. This is mine and your city. What did that cost the CVB in their advertising budget? I would guess $50,000 minimum. It was a personal resume that is not so much about Columbus, but about Nancy Carpenter's personal brand. It is literally a page full of nonsense and puts her on the, pats her on the back for being, you know, Babs the Bamboozler Carpenter. Then there are all the family photos that she uses in advertising and print media. There is one that she has used a photo of her blonde cherubic uh, granddaughter who's just precious and running across a green expanse in bright in a bright yellow jacket. The background is blurred and the focus is on the child. I mean, it is a darling photo of for their family. However, it's not our iconic or representative Columbus. There's no bridge, no courthouse, no Main Street panorama, no Tennessee Williams building, no Elks Club, not even the train at Probst Park is included. Nothing in the photo makes you say Columbus, Mississippi, not to mention the fact that it smacks of nepotism and privilege. Next, there's the advertisement the CVB did that contains the director, Nancy Luke Carpenter, and her adult daughter, Molly Jane, with a friend drinking Moscow, uh, Mississippi mules and features an African-American male as their server in livery. The only ad <clears throat> I can find with any evidence of diversity, and this is what is presented, a black uniformed male in a subservient status? Good Lord. What in the world is wrong with her that Carpenter ever thought this was appropriate advertising for our city in any magazine anywhere? Did this ad get board approval? Did they even know about this entire tone-deaf photo shoot? Who in the heck was the artistic director on this miasma of inappropriateness? Columbus is roughly composed of 60% African Americans and 39% white population. Is she that tone deaf or does she see our, our African-American population as less than in Columbus? It is a strange behavior to see advertised to the rest of the world to represent Columbus. Columbus, where our community is richly diverse and filled with doctors, lawyers, business professionals, and entrepreneurs from all walks of life. 
How sad that she thinks our community wants to continue to stereotype the image of the well-to-do white women being waited on by black liveried men. It's disgusting and not sad. It's appalling that our tax dollars, yours and mine, paid for this advertising. This trope was also carried out again in advertising for the 80th annual spring pilgrimage in Columbus. Nancy Luke, yet again, hosted a soiree at her home, brought in a black bartender from out of town, dressed in black trousers, a crisp white collared shirt, and a black tie, and he is pictured smiling and serving beverages from the veranda of an antebellum home. Good Lord, all that is missing is Scarlett O'Hara swooping down to fuss over the mint juleps. Fiddle D.D. Who thought this was a good look for inviting tourism to Columbus? You can't make this stuff up. The pilgrimage must be focused on the architecture and its preservation, not the preservation and promotion of the shitty parts of our history. While we won't ignore it, let's give it the the credence and the historical impact that it actually had, not perpetuating these horrible tropes. That is what the homeowners want, to preserve the homes, the architecture and the craftsmanship. And the stereotypical image of African-Americans in servant roles is not appropriate. But who or what advertising agency is responsible for this racially insensitive garbage? Snapshot Media and Lee Reeves. We all know that CVB director has had some poor and ethically challenged behaviors. We can also add poor business decisions in the mix. In January of 2023, two checks were written to Snapshot Media, the Flowood-based marketing company. Check one on January of January the 5th of 2023 was paid with no invoice annotated in the ledger for $8,000. Five days later, another check was sent to Snapshot for $15,150. And again, no invoice number or PO for reference in the ledger. This fiscal year alone, $100,000 of your and my tax dollars have gone to Snapshot. Why? Who is Snapshot? Well, I did an extensive uh, uh, podcast on Snapshot Media earlier in the season, but let's just give you a quick overview. Snapshot is owned by Lee Reeves, the sister-in-law of Governor Tate Reeves. Her husband, Todd, is under investigation for his connections to the Brett Favre case. But back to Snapshot. Snapshot is the company behind the marketing photo of the director's grandchild on the front cover of our town's promo material. It's a big nothing burger made from Wonder Bread and mayonnaise. The CVB, under Nancy Carpenter, has been funding funneling money to Snapshot for several years now, and the results are lackluster and expensive based on our visitor numbers. But we shouldn't be surprised. Snapshot's web presence is equally as lackluster as is their portfolio. Their website might have taken 10 minutes to build, and its Facebook presence has been abandoned since 2019, and there is no LinkedIn profile page or Instagram or any other marketing presence readily found that promotes snapshot to their employee, their employee, excuse me, to their clients. So why does the CVB director continue to throw good, hard earned Columbus tax dollars that way? Could it be for the opportunity to hobnob with Governor Tate on occasion like a fangirl? Is it because it, she's a five mu sister of, of Lee Reeves? Or is it the baseball tickets that she gets to, that for hanging out with the Reeveses in their box at the games and other related events? Clearly, she's gaining perks for this relationship because we taxpayers are not benefiting from it at all. 
except the benefit of footing her bill to hang with a very expensive underperforming vendor with very high political connections in the state of Mississippi. These are all continued examples of Carpenter's continued flawed and unethical decision-making process. Either she has no idea what she's doing or has barely hired this inexperienced vendor to curry political favor with the Reeves family. It does not further Columbus's tourism brand, but it does apparently promote Carpenter's personal brand. Who approved this digital media marketing plan? Where are the metrics on this plan and how successful was this campaign? Who knew and when did they know it? Where are the minutes of the board meeting that allowed for discussion on this contract, these ads, or anything else related to them? Well, let's look a little bit further into some of these marketing plans. Let's look at the incredibly overwhelmingly bland and often broke and broken website we got for $30,700 in grants from the Mississippi Heritage Hills Area Alliance to build. In 2017, the CVB got its first grant for $10,700 to build a new website. In 2019, the CVB got $20,000 for the website. Then there are additional monies spent since then to maintain it. But who was contracted to build the website and exactly what were they contracted to do? The page is built in a basic template and does nothing dynamic like providing a shopping cart for purchasing tickets to events, merchandise, etc. It's not even particularly large or have any PDFs or marketing or, or PR materials and no press kits. It's linked to a few social platforms for sharing and to our own socials, a completely abandoned X or Twitter account and a mostly dead Facebook page mentioned above. There are darn few images of the things that make this town iconic. What exactly did we pay for and to whom? Why are there so many broken links or links that lead to nowhere? The site is amateurish at best and looks like it was done by a middle schooler on a tight budget. Where the heck did that $30,000 go? And certainly, what the heck did it buy us? It is clear to me that whoever built this website had zero knowledge of building a site that performs well, is cross-platform, as in mobile-friendly, or is even marginally optimized for search engines. What did we pay for and to whom? Why is our web presence and our website so underwhelming and underperforming for such a large investment? Our keywords on the page are even laughable. Columbus, okay, that's obvious, but the rest are C, comma, stay, comma, special, comma, events, comma, guide, comma, welcome, comma, visitors. Okay, I could go on and on, but that's exactly how the keywords are set up. Shouldn't our keywords include, at the very least, Columbus, Mississippi, comma, Columbus, MS, comma, visit Columbus? Hello, we are visit Columbus, Mississippi. Add to this, we have no map on the landing page for visitors to find us. No meta description tags. We have massive file sizes and iframes that royally complicate indexing, as well as making the site not mobile friendly at all, something critical for success in the travel and tourism industry. It is the first visual experience that many potential visitors to our town have. Is this hot mess the first impression we want to make? Isn't the director's job as the CEO of All Things Marketing to make sure the first line of marketing to the public is working, aesthetically attractive, and features our community and its iconic buildings and local population instead of stock images of people from the internet? 
what did our $30,700 get us? Was it spent on the website even? To whom? Does anyone know where the money went? Because we should go find them and get our money back. Nancy Carpenter is in charge of this mess of a website and all the other marketing messes. Clearly, she has zero knowledge of modern marketing and the importance of a kick-ass online presence, or else she just doesn't care about Columbus. How much longer can we afford to ignore this? Is Nancy Carpenter fit to be the CEO of the CVB? Is she invested in Columbus or only in Nancy Carpenter? According to a web developer friend of mine, what this site says to him is there is no web de developer on the staff and the website decisions were made between someone with a purse and an outside company with a, with a subject matter expert involved. The site should be responsive. It should work on a desktop, a tablet, or a mobile. It should meet certain standards for accessibility. It doesn't meet any of those. Typically, according to my friend, with a project like this, the developer will either use supplied photos or stock images. They would design a homepage, an internal page template, and maybe a small handful of other pages. With a site like this, almost certainly that would include setting up a calendar, though they're using a WordPress CMS, so most of, of it will be stock standard out of the box. The agency probably would not build out the entire site, just the major pages. All that would be negotiated to take advantage of that grant money. I agree with my friend. He is correct. They they are still dumping money into this site every month, though. And beyond hosting, they are not putting any pictures or images on it that resonate. There's no professional anything to this. It certainly doesn't represent tourism in this town, nor does it represent much of anything. I mean, I go back to what I said earlier. It looks like an eighth grade project. It's just awful. So let's dig into the contents of the on the less than welcoming, much less professional or responsive page. The CVB website currently invites you to visit Columbus, but the doors to the actual business are closed, which kind of would piss you off, don't you think? They stayed locked all the time. Why? Because they are not a visitor center, but they do have a ring doorbell. to watch you peep in to see if anyone's home, but it does not say any of that on the website. The Tennessee Williams Welcome Center is just across the parking lot from the CVB. Why doesn't the website offer directions to visit the Tennessee Williams Welcome Center? What the heck is going on here? Is this the image we want to portray of our hospitality? I understand sometimes offices must close, but is this us? Is this normal operating procedure? Again, optics are everything in the world of tourism, and yet again, the director of the CVB, who steers that ship and this overpriced website, leaves me shaking my head and wondering, what are they thinking? The landing page says to get social, but their social media is completely abandoned. The funniest thing on the entire website is the note to visitors to their, to their facility to email us. There are phone numbers shown, but absolutely no email address to be found. If you call the numbers listed, who answers? Where does that phone ring? I just have so many questions. The lack of attention to detail is just astoundingly amateurish and unprofessional. It's like the CVB does not want to bother with visitors. 
It would seem that bringing tourism to Columbus is not the focus of the website, the marketing, the Facebook page, or more importantly, Nancy Luke Carpenter, the CVB director. Thank goodness she only has a six-month contract now. Can Columbus afford another six months of her at the helm of our Columbus Convention and Tourism Bureau? I don't think so.